Today's title, we're in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 through 10. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Matthew chapter 28. And today I want you to understand, we're going to tell the devil we are still here. But most importantly, we want the devil to know that Jesus is still on the throne. Amen? So Jesus coming out of the grave is telling us and telling Satan and telling the world, I am still here. Matthew 28 verse 1 starts out, Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Go, t go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly. And with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met him. Met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said unto them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to lead Galilee. There they will see me. The first thing I want you to understand is that these women were approaching with no hope. They had came to a point in their life where they had been and, and been with Jesus for over three years. They had seen the great miracles. They had seen the greatness that Jesus could do. But when they were coming to the tomb, they were not coming seeing a resurrected Savior. And they thought they were going to anoint the body. They were going to anoint and, and mourn some more. I want you to understand before we get into this chapter, when Joseph of Arimathea comes and takes the body, it is the, uh, the women who sit across from the tomb that day, on that Friday, and mourn and weep because they said their Savior was dead. When we get into this chapter, we see that these Marys and these other women have come to anoint the body. You see, it was a dark and Sunday morning. The women had got up and put on garments and grabbed their spices to head out on that dirt road that morning. As they headed out on that morning, the sun began to rise. The path was lined with many dark shadows. But no shadow or darkness could compare with the darkness that over, over their heart, that was over their soul. As they walked the path toward the tomb, Thoughts and the sights of the last week started to come through their mind. They had been there when Jesus had entered in to the city of Jerusalem the week before. They had seen the, the crowd say, Hosanna, Hosanna. They had seen the palm branches. They had seen all of this. But even with all those praises, that week did not stop there that Sunday. They had saw Jesus at the Lord's Supper. 
They saw him in that last week. And they saw him being put to an old rugged cross. They saw that the Romans scourged him. They saw that they beat him. They saw his back ripped open. And now they recall the beatings and the cruel mocking. They saw the crown of thorns put upon his head. They saw the tears flow from them, but they also saw the blood coming from their Savior. And these women, unlike the men in Jesus' life, were at the cross. All his disciples, except for John, had ran out on Jesus. There was no one who was there at the cross. Peter had denied him that night that he was put to that kangaroo court. But only the women were still there. So they were there and heard all that was said that day. Saw all the darkness, heard the earthquake, and then they heard at the last when his body was struggling, when he was wincing for every breath to come out of his lungs. They heard Jesus say, they heard Jesus say, it is finished. We know now for us, when Jesus said it was finished, he meant it's all paid, Father. But on that day, they saw that they father, they, I'm sorry, not their father, but their son, a son, their brother, the whomever, their teacher, the person that they love, had died on that cursed cross. Jesus had died for us some 2,000 years ago, but for them it was very fresh. For them it was very fresh indeed. You see? When we get to the next verse, and thank you, I appreciate that. When you get to the next verse, that verse 2, and let's read that together. And it says, it says, And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for the angel of the Lord had descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone and sat upon it. I just want to stay right there for a second. See, do y'all... Ever remember the, the old show, Extreme Makeover? You know, your house is all jacked up. And you write a letter like, my house is jacked up, can't you help me? And then they would come out and like, yeah, yeah, your house is jacked up. We might can help you. So they come and help you. And so they will send you off. You will go away for about a week. They will get all these people to work on your house. And before they would let you see the house, they would put a big trailer in front of it. A big trailer. So you wouldn't get to see it. And then they would move that trailer in a big reveal. Well, I want you to understand that like a stream makeover, there was something that was going to be a great reveal when they got to this tomb. You see, we had to get to a point where, yes, they came at no hope, but then the next thing they came, they had to check the rock. You see, this pivotal point in Christianity that it sets us apart from other faiths, it sets us apart from other religions, because unlike other faiths and other religions, Jesus Christ died for us. And he rose from the grave. There is no other faith that said the same. That what makes us different. The stone was not moved so Jesus could leave the tomb. The stone was moved for us to see the moment of promise. For us to check the rock. You see, if you're wondering how to be set free from death, you need to check the rock. If you're wondering how to be set free from addictions, you need to check the rock. If you're wondering how Christianity is different from any other faith, you need to check the rock. Who is this rock? Well, it's not Peter. Who is this rock? It's not me. Who is this rock? It is Jesus Christ. Here's what our faith is set upon. They have placed this rock of hope in a borrowed tomb.
These women came to see how the, the, if the rock was still in his place. But early that Sunday morning, the rock was moved. The Jewish leaders, the Roman guards, had put some soldiers around there to guard the rock. But once again, early that Sunday morning, the rock was moved. An earthquake shook, shook up those soldiers. And an angel rolled the stone away. And the men were there, totally in fear, almost like dead men. And I'm going to say it again. The stone was not moved so Jesus could be let out of the tomb. The stone was moved so you and I, so those women who were coming by, could see the promise that what he said was truly done. That the rock was truly moved out. So why is that important? Why is it important? Because if, if he holds to that promise, then when we think things are impossible, God says, I make all things possible. When we think I'm too tired, God says, I will give you rest. When we think that nobody really loves me, God says, I love you. When you think you cannot go on, God says, my grace is sufficient. When you think you can't figure things out, God says, I will direct all your steps. When you think I cannot do it, more. God says you can do all things through me. When you said I'm not able, God says I'm able. When you think you're not worthy, God says I made you worthy. I have knitted you together. When you say I'm unforgivable, God says I have forgiven you. And when you said I can't manage anymore, Lord, God says I will supply all your needs according to my riches and grace. Amen. When you say I'm afraid, God says I have not given you a spirit of fear. When you think you you're worried and you're frustrated. God says, give me all your cares. Give me all your words and cast them upon me. When you don't think you have enough faith, God says, I give you more, giving you, giving you every a measure of faith that you can think of. When you think you're not smart enough, God says, I can give wisdom if you need it. And then when you feel alone, God says, wherever you go, I walk with you. So this is a God of promise. It's important that what Jesus said truly happened. Because if it did not happen, our faith is worth nothing. If it did not truly happen, then the thing that we talk about is worth nothing. If it did not truly happen, all these promises that God made does not matter. These are the promises of God. How do you know he keeps his promises? Check the rock. Observe that he has been rolled away. And behold, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has occurred. So then we get to our last point, Jesus. When you look at this, it's almost like breaking news. You, you ever been watching one of your favorite shows? And you hate when the weather's bad outside, because this is what's about to happen. You got your favorite show on, someone's watching Scandal or whatnot. You know, you're watching wherever you're watching. And you got to be watching the regular channel. Cable don't care about breaking news. But when you're watching regular channels, you know, a few channels, it could be football, wherever it is. You're watching it, and what happens is you hear the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. What is going on? And they're like, breaking news. There's a car chase happening. Even like, I don't care about the car chase. Oh, do, 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 do. It is raining outside. I just don't know if y'all know it's raining. And you're like, I hear the rain. Can you go back to my, my, my story? But the breaking news comes in. Why is it breaking news? Because this is the thing about breaking news. It is important. When 9-11 happened, there was nothing else that you could watch. Amen? It was 7-9-11. When the OJ trial happened, there was some station that gone today. Because they show OJ all day long. It was all OJ. 
If y'all remember Old Town 39, y'all remember Old Town 39? You can watch the Green Acres, you can watch all them old TV, that's new me, you know, the Me TV doing that now. But back in the day, that's what you used to watch. Channel 39 with your westerns, all that stuff. When OJ started, that went away. Then it became a Latino channel and then a lot of us lost it. We, we, it went away. When breaking news happens, things change. Well, there was some breaking news that happened, amen? The, 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 the angels told him, I want you to go and tell them that Jesus is a risen. That I want you to remember what he said. Jesus has rose from the grave. Tell his disciples who did not believe Jesus has risen from the grave. And before they even could get out of their cemetery, they ran into Jesus. And the minute they ran to Jesus, they clinged to him. They worshiped. See, this place, this cemetery, was a place of worship that day. Because the promise that was made was fulfilled. And they saw it physically in a Jesus. The Jesus carried the scars. The Jesus carried the, 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 the trauma. But he was in his resurrected form. His resurrected form. His glory. He can show the battle scars. But understand, it was scars. Because by his stripes, we were healed. And so this Jesus, it says he was risen. Man, it was past him. When you got here, he already did it. It didn't happen when you got here. It happened before you got here. The angels generally reminded the women that Jesus' resurrection should not have surprised them because he told them. He told them. And I want you to understand this morning, we got to tell the devil we're still here. We got to tell the devil that Jesus is still here. Not by my power that I'm still here, but it's by Jesus. It's, not, it's the same power that Jesus said, peace to the storm, be still. It's that same power that Jesus had to feed 5,000. It's that same power that Jesus had to turn water into wine. It's that same power that Jesus had to say to the blind man, see again. It's that same power that he was born by a virgin birth. You understand that I'm not here on my own accord. I'm not here by my own power. But I'm here because I've been given some grace. I'm here because I've been given some mercy. I've been here because I have Jesus in my life. That same power. The same power that helped David to defeat giants. That same power will help the walls of Jericho to fall down. Does anybody have a stronghold in your life that you need to come crumbling down? You see the the Israelites that day, they just worshiped the Lord. You see, it wasn't their power, but it was God's power. You see, that same Israelites, they saw the power of Jesus. It was Jesus who divided the Red Sea and had to walk on dry land. That same Jesus had a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man have a newborn baby together. That same power of Jesus saved a remnant through the flood that took over the world. Say Noah's family. That same power was there in the beginning of the world. It was there hanging stars in the air. It was there to put life into man. That same power. That same power. Why is that power important? Because of his power, we can move in our lives. We can make a step 
in our lives. The rock is saying that it's time to move the stones of disobedience. It's time to move the stones of gossip. It's time to move the stones of uh, lust. Roll them away in the power of Christ. That same Jesus is saying because of his power, we need to move forward in our lives. We need to move forward because the rock is saying it's time to move the stone of drug addiction, the stone of alcoholism, the stone of all other types of addictions. He's saying it's time that we let these addictions go and move in the power of Christ Jesus. The same power that's of Jesus Christ. He's saying it's time to move forward in our lives that we can put move the stone of pride, move the stone of fear, move the stone of unbelief. It's time to roll these stones so that we can roll them and roll them. And then if whether or not you want to admit it, all of us have some stones, amen? All of us got some stones that's holding some things captive in our lives, amen? Some of us may not want to admit it, but we're dealing with some things at the job. Some of us may not want to admit it, but we're dealing with some things at school, some of our children, some of our young adults. Some of us may be having some stones in our home, amen? We may have a child that we don't know where they are or when they came home or how they got home. We got some stones at the house. Some of us may have some stones in our marriage. The marriage that we put out to everybody here at the church may not be what's happening at the home. We got some stones that need to be moved. Some of us are dealing with some stones even in the church house. Amen. Some of us got stones everywhere we see. And God is saying today to make it plain and simple for us today. For us to move forward in our life. To move forward in our life so that we may receive the true blessing of the Lord. That it's time for us to move the stones of sin. But it's not me that's going to move the stone. You see, how do I move the stone? I move the stone by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ today. I move the stone because only Jesus can roll my stone of sin. Only Jesus can roll the stone of evilness that's inside of me. Only Jesus can do that. You see, instead of the stone of sin in my life, we ought to have a, a stone that the builders had rejected. We should have a stone that was rejected, but later became the chief cornerstone. We should have a stone in our life named Jesus Christ. We should have a stone that's also known as the rock of our salvation. We should have a stone that says it's a rock in a weary land. We should have a stone that because this stone, understand, no man can put it asunder. He put down his life. No man could take his life. He chose to put down his life. This stone is too hard for us to roll. But for Jesus, all things are possible. Just call on his name. This Jesus, he said, Jesus, he rolled the stone. Does anybody need some stones rolled today? Does anybody need some mess put out to life today? This Jesus is willing to do that today. So I'm going to ask us to Go and pray together. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. If there's anyone here this morning, bow your heads, please. If there's anyone here that says, Pastor, I have stones in my life. I have stones in my life. Bow your heads, please. Close your eyes. Very serious moment for this moment in time. You're saying, I, I, I have a stone of addiction. I have a stone that I'm, I'm struggling with. And I know I need Jesus. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. 
If, if you're struggling with something this morning, just raise your hand. And you know you need Jesus. Maybe you don't have a church home this morning. That's a stone. Maybe you feel all alone. That's a stone. But Jesus is telling you he is the stone master. If you're saying, I've accepted Jesus Christ, but I'm still struggling, and I got my hand up, you can come down today and ask and pray and rededicate your life to Christ Jesus. I want to ask those who want to come down for rededication to come on down. Come on down.